exclusive presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. Dumping off every near side. 25-20 to the boundary. 15-10. Makes a cut at the 5. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. Across the state. And around the world. It's time to talk LSU Fighting Tiger football. Daniel's going to keep pulls from Williams. Gets outside the numbers near side. Leaps into the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. This is the Brian Kelly Show. Live from TJ Ribs. Our weekly visit with the top Tiger. Great to see everybody here tonight at TJ Ribs. Uh, it's a nice crowd. <laughs> This week's Brian Kelly Show starts now. From TJ Ribs in Baton Rouge, standing by with Coach, here's the voice of your Fighting Tigers, Chris Blair. Well, welcome in, everybody. Once again, we are back. It's the Brian Kelly Show after a week off. Great to see all the great Tiger fans here at uh, TJ Ribs. Of course, want to welcome everyone who's tuned in wherever you are tonight since we last met. LSU with a dominating performance over Army in a 62 to nothing shutout back on October 21st at Tiger Stadium. They'll now get back to action and back to SEC play with a big one this coming Saturday. Of course, uh, your number 13 Fighting Tigers will travel to Tuscaloosa. They'll take on number 8 Alabama. Kickoff in prime time at 645. Coming up tonight, we'll take a quick look back at the win over Army. Then we'll discuss the work done during the bye week or uh, the lighter week, as we say, and, and then preparation this week and get a scouting report on the Crimson Tide before we are through. I see a, a number of uh, great fans here who are here every week. We see some newcomers, which we're happy to have you here as well. Just by maybe applause, who's excited to get back to football and who's excited for Saturday? All right, so here's the $64,000 question. Who will win on Saturday night? <laughs> it's going to be a great game. Again, uh, 645 prime time. It's amazing how earlier this season, I think at different times, that uh, the national media wrote off Alabama early. They wrote off LSU. And here we are in the first weekend in November once again where so many things are on the line for both the Tigers and the Crimson Tide, and there's no doubt that every eyeball, anybody who is a fan of college football, will be uh, watching, listening, paying attention to what happens at Bryant-Denny Stadium coming up at 645. It is the 88th meeting all time between LSU and Alabama, and, and maybe some of you are curious. I went back and looked. They started playing in 1895. They didn't play again until 1902, but it's kind of been the November Classic for most of the meetings. Uh, in fact, in the regular season, there's only been uh, all but 16 have been played in November. Um, and then since 1982, both teams have played in the month of November. The only two times that didn't happen was uh, obviously in the Sugar Bowl uh, in 2012. That took place uh, obviously in January. And then during COVID in 2020, uh, the two teams got together on December 5th. So it seems like this matchup is destined to take place every year in November. And once again, as I mentioned, uh, there's a lot on the line for uh, implications in uh, SEC West, the SEC overall, and who knows, the college football playoff 
for both the Crimson Tide and the Tigers. We are just underway. Coach Kelly going to join us in just a little bit. we got questions from the fans here at TJ Ribs. We've got uh, questions I prepare. we got questions from the LSU Sports Mobile app presented by BASF. And as I said, we'll spend a little bit of time. Seems like forever ago when LSU shut out Army, but we'll talk about the, the good from that game and, and then kind of turn our uh, attention real quickly into the matchup uh, with Alabama coming up this week that everybody is talking about. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more live from TJ Ribs. It's the Brian Kelly Show right here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. It'll be first down and goal to goal. Mark it just inside the Army 2. LSU lining up quickly out of the shotgun. Jaden Daniels takes a snap. Gives it to Diggs. Diggs trying to get to the end zone. Reaches out with the football trying to break the plane. And it is a touchdown. Fighting Tigers. Back with more live from TJ Ribs. This is The Brian Kelly Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. That's right. We're back here on a Thursday night, The Brian Kelly Show. As LSU gets back to action this weekend, they'll travel to take on Alabama coming up on Saturday night. I want to remind you, you can eat, drink, and strike gold with Revelry, the official tailgate partner of LSU Athletics. Take the fan experience to a whole new level. Reserve now while, while spaces last. It's go time. Visit RevelryTeam.com. The good news is this is the final road trip of the regular season, so uh, a couple of chances to uh, get on board with Revelry Sports and enjoy uh, the last several home games for LSU football here in 2023. Well, let's get going. We've got a lot to cover, and it is a pleasure to welcome to the show our head football coach, everybody, Brian Kelly. Thank you. Coach, I didn't know what to do with myself uh, last Thursday. In fact, uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I kept thinking, what am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? And then I realized, well, we're not doing a show this week. Uh, I know you guys uh, stayed busy. Um, It's great to see you again. It's great to be back in a game week mode. And I know you guys enjoyed, you know, it wasn't an off week. It was maybe a lighter week, as you said, on Monday uh, before getting back to it this week. Right out of the gate, I want to congrats, uh, give congratulations to you and the team on a superb performance last time out. And, of course, congratulations to you on win number 300. Thank you. Appreciate it. If, 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 you, uh, if you surround yourself with really good players and really good coaches and, um, you know, you win enough games, you get to stay in this business long enough that you can get to 300. So I've been very fortunate and... Um, Again, um, great to do it down here in Louisiana at LSU and um, against, uh, you know, obviously one of the uh, the great programs. Um, you know, Army was one of those traditional programs where everybody wanted to beat Army when we first started playing football way back at the turn of the century. So kind of has some, you know, meaning from that perspective. So what was even more meaningful was a shutout. And, um, you know, the way our – Defense is evolving, uh, regardless of who the competition is, to shut out anybody in college football today was a great achievement for our football team. No doubt about it. It's not easy to do. And I, I appreciated your response. You were you were asked about it leading up to the Army game during the press conference, and you said just that. Hey, it, it takes some great players and great staff around you. Um, but but I know there are and, – and, and a great wife. And a great wife. And a great, yes. she, she had to handle – 
the uh, uh, the hundred losses, right? So um, the the three hundred wins was easy. It's the hundred losses that came along. I, that. There are obviously some key elements to being successful at, at this level for a sustained amount of time. And and instead, I know you don't like talking about your accomplishments, but I thought it would be interesting. For, for those who maybe are thinking or those just starting out in the coaching profession, and, of course, college football has changed so much in the last several years, and it, it always will change, are, are there certain things that still ring true, some, some mentors of you gave you some vi- advice, things that you learned coming up that even in today's world still mean, you, uh, mean something when you get to, to coaching? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's um... – I think consistency is is very important. I think when you walk in, you know, to any room, when when you have a football team, if if you're changing what you do every day, if if there's a new message, um, I think it's hard to to lead under those circumstances. So I think I think consistency and approach is is probably one of the things that that I have kind of had as as one of my foundational principles. I think, um, you know, building relationships with your players. Um, you know, I've always felt um, being demanding but never demeaning is, is absolutely crucial to, um, you know, building a, a championship uh, foundation. Uh, you can be demanding, but once you cross that line and, demean- and being demeaning, you know, you're going to lose your players. And so uh, I think that's, that's an important piece to it. Um, and, and I think at the end of the day, recognizing um, that that this is still about, you know, teaching. Uh, this is still about, you know, the overall development holistically uh, of the young men in your charge because you want this to be much more about uh, a transformational relationship and not a transactional relationship. In other words, you do this for me um, and then I do this for you. Instead the things that we do together um, you're going to be able to take with you when you're done playing football and, and I got to live that this past weekend when my wife and I went up to uh, Grand Valley State where I started my career I, I was I was fortunate enough to see a lot of my former players that I played that played for me back in you know the the the, the 1990s and um, you know they're now you know fathers and and um, you know the words that they were able to to say to me about coach we appreciated you know that the relationship that we had with you uh was one that we could carry over uh and and uh, it helped us be better fathers better husbands and and um better in life so that's that's rewarding and that's why you should get into coaching if you're in it just to win um and that's all you're about you won't be in this business very long because it will humble you sometimes well, it, it listen. If if it's just about the winning, then you'll you'll end up selling insurance, or you'll end up uh, doing something else. And not, nothing against selling insurance. I love selling insurance. <laughs> so if there's anybody that insurance is a great profession, but it's just not but, coaching. But you'll sell. You, you'll get into another field. You'll you'll do something else. You'll. Um, you, you won't be coaching because you'll get fired. If you're just about winning in this profession. Uh, you won't stay in it very long. Lastly, uh, you know, all of those are valid points. God, I'm going to lose. I wanted to be the Geico guy <laughs> after Saban, you know what I mean? Because I look better in powder blue than he does, right? Seriously. <laughs> well, now, 
you know this is going to be all over Alabama yeah, now. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Kelly said that he, you know. Oh, yeah. He uh, just you know, broke the guy. Internet again. Yeah, I broke that um, again. But, but how, how important is it to be able to evolve as well? Because I mentioned the no changes. Doubt. No doubt. You have to be able to look at things and say, where, where can we be better, right? What can we do to, um, you know, create a better environment? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's about development. And so you, too, have to develop along the way. And nobody's figured this out. I'm still learning today. And, you know, as, as leaders, you know, you're really, you're really always in the business of learning. You know, any leader that thinks they figured it out, they're not a great leader because leaders are always trying to, you know, learn and, and, and how do I reach my people? How do I provide them the resources to be the best they can be? And I think that that's what leadership is about, that you're a student. I think leadership is understanding that you're a student of leadership. And if you're a student of leadership, then I think that's the best way to lead. I promise this is the last time I'll bring it up. I'll only bring it up again when you hit win 400 here at LSU. But how about another hand for Coach Brian Kelly on 300 career wins? All right. I was hoping to be on the beach by then. (laughs) There's nice beaches in the panhandle, by the way. Does anybody know that there's a panhandle down here? I just learned about this. This is beautiful. Yeah, I did find out. That's one of the things I asked. Is is there a coastline? They were like, yeah, absolutely. It's really close to us, like five hours away. I love it. Absolutely. We'll talk about the X's and O's of uh, last uh, time out against Army, but I really wanted to, uh, in this last segment before we get a break, uh, tip of the cap to you, the staff, really LSU Athletics, uh, an enjoyable time, I felt like, at Tiger Stadium in the game against Army. I mean, the entire university put on what I thought was a great show from start to finish. And the best part is LSU got the shutout win, but everything around it, the beginning and the end, uh, kudos to, to you and everybody involved. Yeah, you know, I thought it was classy, you know, and, and look, we want to be classy in the way we present ourselves and our university and our athletic department and i think that that the class and distinction was on display in the way we did things um look you know there's only so much as you can do um but i thought we did it the right way and i think we honored um our service men and women i think we honored the the game itself i think we played it the right way i think after the game where we sang the alma mater together i think that said a lot and um I think we did it the right way, and, and um, you know, our athletic director, Scott Woodward, is to be commended because he was the impetus in making sure that this was done the right way, and uh, it, was, it was a great weekend. You know, I was, I was watching during the game, and there were times, it wasn't chippy, but, I mean, there were times where guys got frustrated. You could tell Army was frustrated because of the way the game had gone, yeah. and I thought that's what made the end of the game and you guys going to both end zones together uh, I think my partner on the on the air, Doug Morrow, said it best. That's that shows you the greatness of what college football. Can yeah, do. it's sportsmanship. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to compete at the highest level and getting frustrated, but knowing that there's a line and you don't cross that line. And you know, there were a couple of guys on that team that are from Baton Rouge. The starting center was from Baton Rouge, and you know, he wanted to go out there, obviously, and prove himself. And you know, it got a little heated there, but they they were able to to, to manage it and. Um, you know, obviously coming together at the end was great. Absolutely. All right, fans, we've got a lot more to come here tonight. We'll we'll touch on some of the high points of the win last time out for LSU, and then we'll talk about the bye week, talk about this week, and get a scouting report uh, as LSU heads to take on Alabama. We'll do all that as we continue on the Brian Kelly Show right here from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. 
Daniels, pressure comes, steps away from it, now sprinting to the near side, throws on the run, wobbly pass, grabbed at the 45-yard line, taking it in, Brian Thomas, 15, 10, 5, they'll have to follow him on Instagram, they will not catch him, touchdown, Fighting Tigers, 86-yard strike. More coming your way from TJ Ribs and Baton Rouge. This is The Brian Kelly Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Great to have you on this Thursday night. Join us for The Brian Kelly Show. A reminder, SeatGeek, now the official ticket marketplace of LSU Athletics. So whether you're buying or selling football tickets, SeatGeek, the place to do it. SeatGeek, so Tiger fans can fan. And, and by the way, Tiger fans, coming up tonight, it's the premiere of Piece by Piece, feature documentary on the incredible run by LSU women's basketball and head coach Kim Mulkey and uh, bringing the school's first ever basketball national championship. They're having a public premiere over at the PMAC tonight at 8 o'clock. But if you are listening to us tonight, you're at home or on your way home, as soon as we wrap up here at 8 o'clock, it will premiere on LSU Gold, and it will be free for everyone, you can go to lsu.gold. You can go to lsusports.net. Get to gold from there. But, again, at 8 o'clock, you can log on and watch piece by piece, which uh, I got a little chance to see, Coach. I know you've been very busy, but uh, great job by the South Stadium Productions crew. And, and again, they got to follow an incredible run. Oh, they run. do a great job, the South Stadium Production crew. And, and the, the gold package, the, the, in, the inside information that they give and some of the – Obviously, the, the nice pieces that they have done has been, you know, I didn't know how to, to take it when they brought it up to me in, in terms of, hey, coach, can we have cameras here and can we do these things and these pieces? And then they run it by us and show us them. It's well done. I mean, it's yeah. professionally done. So if you're not a member of Gold, it's it's definitely worth your time. If you're out there looking at LSU videos and want to get some inside information, we're going to do some things during recruiting that's going to be pretty pretty exciting from an inside perspective on the road we're going to do some things um relative to uh you know what we do um in vetting you know some of our candidates um so there, there's some really neat things from from an inside perspective yeah it was interesting because coach uh kim mulkey said the same thing she was like you want to have cameras where and and when and and uh, eventually. as long as as long as they're, they're not in the new locker room when when they're have you seen the new yeah, locker room? Yeah, I did. That's it. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's, I uh, wouldn't make an appointment anywhere else to to get to get a uh, to get your hair done, get your nails makeover. done, makeover, yeah. any of that. Yeah. I just they go got right, it right there. there. I think they just charge you a little bit more, and you can go right to the <laughs> locker room. It, it's beautiful, and and deservingly so. Yeah, it they, is. They deserve everything that they have gotten because, you know, obviously what they have accomplished, but more importantly, um, you know, just just to have those kind of facilities just is is equal to you know the best in the country and they're the best they they have set the standard no doubt about it want to go back to the last game against army and and you kind of touched on it in the opening segment you said hey defensively uh we're getting better like what we see and i know you wanted to build in that army game some success that really started against missouri and then you had it against auburn and it's a little unique as you said on the show before the army game because they present some different or at least some unique preparation and having watched a lot of option football in 10 years at georgia southern i really was impressed by the discipline and the tackling by your team last time out yeah and i was too and quite frankly you know a lot of people will kind of like wow you know it's army but 
Look, at the end of the day, you, you have to be technically sound in your gap responsibility. You have to play with really good leverage. And then you have to tackle. Um, we didn't even mention the, the eye discipline because, obviously, a run looks like a pass. And if you're not doing your job and you lose your eye discipline, they'll throw the ball over the, the top of you. But our guys played with really good discipline as well. And those are all harbingers of good things to come. We're, we're going to play better each and every week because of what happened at Army tells, as a coach, those are the telltale signs of a team that's playing more discipline, that has the discipline, eye discipline, all the things necessary, and starts to understand, and we talked a little bit about this when you were at practice, is that they're, they're starting to understand where they fit in the 11, you know, one eleventh of the puzzle, and the puzzle's starting to come together for them a little bit, and... I wish it came together, you know, for the opener. Um, it came together a little bit later, but they're, they're kind of understanding it. You know, one of the things that stood out to me at, at the end of the broadcast of the game, I look up, I always try to look at uh, who I thought was the most uh, valuable defensive player, and I look up Omar Spates, uh, Harold Perkins Jr., and Jordan Jefferson. Uh, those three led the team in tackles against Army, and they are three guys that you have relied on. But uh, moving forward this year, you'll need them to stand out in that front seven, and they played really well. They did, and, and I think you start with Jordan Jefferson and you know his technical ability to play with great leverage. He's very strong. Um, he has improved dramatically. Mason Smith continues to make improvements. Um, Savion Jones is getting better. Um, Jacoby and Guillory is getting better. Uh, Parrish Shand played outstanding football for us, and you know, a lot of times he's gotten overlooked in terms of what he's done. Uh, he's been really, really good for us. Um, you know, I, it's just it's been a number of guys that have just you know constantly gotten a, gotten a little bit better each and every week. And the difference is, those linebackers now are free to run. They weren't free to run because we had people up on them, and and, and now that because we're attacking and there's some gap integrity, these guys can, can run and, and get to the football. Obviously, it was tough in that game. I mean, it's a 62 to nothing. Um, uh, we'll talk about the offense coming up in the next segment. Uh, everything went almost as planned, but unfortunately, Zy Alexander goes down. And uh, he's one of those guys that, again, you hate to see anybody go down, but I really thought he was making tremendous strides for you at cornerback. Yeah. I felt for him. But it is certainly another key loss to the secondary, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've lost three really good players. Makai Wingo being out, obviously, is a key loss for us. You know, Zai Alexander, who I thought was just emerging and starting to play like an SEC corner, and, and I think his upside is, is really big for us. And obviously we know about Greg Brooks. You know, those are three really two captains, um, you know, and, and somebody that was emerging at the cornerback position. So, you know, losing three guys, look, it's college football. You're going to lose guys. But, you know, when you're trying to stabilize and, you know, ascend, you know, that's not what you're looking for at this time. But we've got some young guys that are going to step up um, and, and get an opportunity to go to Tuscaloosa, play before 100,000 on national TV, and couldn't be uh, any better than that, right? Let's go. No, absolutely. Let's, Let's do it. None of them are afraid. That, that, they're going to play, and, and uh, they're excited about it. All right, let's go to uh, Crystal, who's here tonight from Denham Springs. Coach, before we go to break, she wanted to know, what area have you focused on the most this last week to prepare for Alabama? 
Wow. Well, so we've we've worked on a number of different things. I think um, if I start on the defensive side of the ball, um, I would say, you know, look, I think everybody knows what their offense is, big offensive line, um, controlling their – they're a big duo team where they like double teams. They're big. They're they're physical. You know, uh, controlling the line of scrimmage is going to be really important for us. And and then, um, you know, having good eye discipline because they want to take shots over the top. I mean, this is an offense that runs the football and then wants big plays. So um, really focusing intently on that. Um, and, and then you have to be disciplined in your pass rush as a unit um, to keep Milrow in, in the pocket. Because if he gets outside, he's as fast as any quarterback. He's Jaden Daniels fast. I mean, he can go. Um, he may not be as elusive as Jaden, but he is as fast as Jaden. So, can, you know, keeping the quarterback in the pocket, um, you know, having an opportunity to control the line of scrimmage, and then working on the play-action pass. That's really been our focus defensively, and then how we, you know, get better technically. From an offensive standpoint, it's it's really for us the best defense that we've seen this year. It's it's having balance. We have to run the football. If you run the football against Alabama, you have a chance to set up other things. If a lot of teams have struggled running the football and have been one dimensional, I think Alabama's done a really really good job on first down. They've been really aggressive on first down and put teams behind the chains. So it's been second and long, second behind the chains. Then Coach Saban and his defense staff gets really exotic, and and then that's where they get you in in trouble. So uh, we've worked a hard a lot on you know P and ten, first and ten, um, and and staying in front of the chains. All right, Crystal. Thanks for the question. We'll take a timeout. We'll continue again. Uh, Want to remind you, you can experience the best pregame activities. At the Bud Light Fan Zone, located in front of the PMAC, right there across from Tiger Stadium. We've got live music each and every week, and our very own LSU Game Day, presented by Three Olives, comes your way. The band Hip Deep will perform live before the Florida game, so come out and join us. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more. It's the Brian Kelly Show, live from TJ Ribs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Trip receivers right. Ball, middle of the field as Daniels has Diggs on a sidecar to his left. Now Neighbors will motion, slips behind the line, and will return to the right side of the formation. Pressure coming from the backside. It's picked up. Daniels throws back in the end zone. Brian Thomas, Jr., second touchdown of the night. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. The very latest on LSU Fighting Tiger football. This is The Brian Kelly Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Having a great time here on Thursday night at TJ Ribs, The Brian Kelly Show. Just a reminder, a couple of opportunities upcoming for the Whataburger Junior Broadcaster Program, which gives Tiger fans between the ages of 6 and 12 the opportunity to be interviewed by the LSU Sports Radio Network crew on LSU game day before each LSU home game. So if your child would like to be the next junior broadcaster, sign them up today at lsusports.net slash junior broadcaster for your chance to win. Winners also will receive four tickets to the next home game. Whataburger, 
just like you like it. Just another reminder, coming up at 8 o'clock inside the Miravich Center, Coach Kim Mulkey and LSU Women's Basketball, they'll have the uh, world premiere of Piece by Piece. It's a feature documentary on uh, LSU's uh, run to a national championship last year. And if you're out there listening tonight, maybe on your way home, you can go to LSU Gold, and at 8 o'clock, Piece by Piece will be free. And you can watch uh, the hour-long documentary, which is behind the scenes in the locker room as they made their way to cut down the nets uh, last season in Dallas. Coach, uh, let's talk offense from the Army game. And one of the things that stood out to me, another great start, you take the opening kickoff, eight plays, 75 yards. Took you four more plays than the opening drive against Auburn, but uh, (laughs) Diggs would punch it in from two yards out. And for the second straight game, the most important part, LSU was off and running. Great start. And we talked about, you know, a couple of things, you know, playing an opponent that our players knew that we had better personnel. But, look, we didn't show the maturity against um, – and, and I was asked about this today, about, you know, our football team wasn't exactly who I thought we were against Florida State. I was talking about having the maturity to go in and play four quarters of football. And so we challenged our football team knowing that they – had better talent is that we would go into this game and we would play four quarters start fast you know have a great attention to detail play with great effort and enthusiasm and then finish strong which we did in this game mm-hmm. and and so this was a mark of a team that was growing and had maturity in terms of starting fast you know you look at the score you say 62 to nothing this to me coach is more impressive 11 possessions in the game eight touchdowns two field goals just one punt 10 of 11 game possessions with points. And there's only been 15 punts by LSU this season, which is still the fewest in uh, Division I football. The other thing that stood out was that Jaden was able to get into the game and uh, perform there, as I I say here, uh, get his Heisman performance in the first half, which was great to see, and then be able to rest and was able to cheer on uh, Garrett, who came in and looked very confident running the offense. He put up 24, helped lead. Uh, for 24 second-half points. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, obviously playing a half, um, you know, allowed us to get a lot of guys in the game, and and deservingly so, guys that needed to play and and played well in the second half. As you mentioned, Garrett played, you know, very well, threw some incredible balls. But Jaden Daniels, you know, obviously did some great things in the first half as well, made some great throws. Obviously the throw down the sideline to Brian Thomas was – crazy i mean i I don't even know why that didn't make a a, an espn highlight nobody watches football if that's not a highlight that guy is rolling to his right gets his shoulders around and throws a ball down the field and it's like okay that's pedestrian that sometimes i you know as a football coach (laughs) i just shake my head because then they have some guy on a skateboard you know jumping up over i don't know (laughs) i'm like forget it you know what was impressive? It's ESPN, so, you know, <laughs> cats fall out of trees, and that's a top ten, you know. I thought cats fall. Oh, you know. I love it. I love it's it. Crazy. You and I are on the same page there. It's but crazy. you know what was impressive is you talk about Jaden getting set to make that throw. I'm looking back on it when I got home that night, and I'm thinking, how did Brian Tom- – how did he even see the football? Because Jaden was almost directly behind him. Oh, yeah. It's not as if he was looking at the ball coming in. He was – like in front of him throwing it that far. Yeah, and just just for him to to sight it and and keep running like he he ran twenty two point three on that on the GPS. Ooh. Thomas did so, you know twenty two point three is there's not many that run twenty two point three and and you know he's almost six three so crazy stuff. Um, 
that was enough for me. <laughs> I was like, you know, you're done. And he was like, I'm done. I go, yeah, that's enough. You're good. And um, it was great to, to get those guys some, some work, but the other guys needed some work too. Well, you mentioned getting guys in six running backs with a chance to play in the last game. Trey Holly had uh, the 67 yard score. It was great to see him do that. He led the team with 91 yards based on that 67 yard run, but you got to share the ball in a talented running backs room and, uh, Again, the youngsters have to get everyone excited about the future with both Trey and, and, and Caleb Jackson. I mean, yeah, those guys are impressive. Yeah, and he got some NIL money, too, from Frank Wilson, contributed to the NIL fund. Um, he had bet him. Uh, I think Frank said, hey, nobody in this room can go over 30 yards. You know, you're all pedestrian. And, of course, Trey hasn't played yet. goes, Coach, I can go the distance. Just give me a chance. And, of course, he hadn't played. Of course, Trey goes in there and goes the distance, and first thing he does when he comes to sideline, he goes, you owe me money. Um, so uh, that was kind of funny. Everybody kind of got a kick out of that. So Trey's a great spirit and, and uh, loved by all of his teammates, and uh, he's a pretty good player too. You know, I ran across an amazing stat this week uh, about LSU's rushing attack. Uh, Sports Source uh, Analytics ranked the top ten run games in Division One football. LSU, 246 carries, 1,525 yards. That's about 6.2 yards six per two, carry. Yeah. Rated at under uh, six, just under 66% offensive efficiency. But this one is what jumped off the screen. LSU has had just 2.4% of their rushing plays for negative yardage. I mean, that's an amazing number. Kudos to the offensive line and your running backs. Yeah, so um – you got to add the quarterback in, in there, too. Um, when you run a spread offense, the quarterback is responsible for overloads. And, you know, when when a quarterback can run your offense and make sure that he is not putting you in bad plays, um, he's part of that as well. And that's why, you know, when you know we have so many scouts come in and, you know, quarterback, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder sometimes when it comes to quarterbacks. Everybody likes this guy or they like that guy. I'm like, listen, I've been doing this a long time. Um, this guy will get you in the right play. Uh, he's going to deliver the football on time. And if he's in trouble, uh, he's going to pick up a first down for you. And he is tough as they come. But in the run game, um, he is also responsible for making sure that, that, that we don't have those negative plays. All right, fans, stay with us. We're going to start talking about the preparation of this week's matchup in Tuscaloosa as LSU defeated Army 62 to nothing. Let's talk LSU and Alabama when we get back on the Brian Kelly Show right here from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. The line three receivers to the left, and on third down, a quick fire intercepted at the 33-yard line. Coming away with it is going to be Andre Sam, and Sam with another interception on the year, rolls it all the way back inside the Army 35, stepped out of bounds near side at the 34-yard line. With a quick look back, then a preview of what lies ahead. The latest on LSU Fighting Tiger football. The Brian Kelly Show on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Back with you at TJ Ribs, official barbecue restaurant of LSU Athletics, home to our LSU head coaches shows all season long. You can visit them at 2324 South Acadian Thruway or order online at TJ Ribs. Com. LSU Athletics would like to thank its team LSU corporate partners, Cox, McDonald's, Our Lady of the Lake, Albertsons, Coca-Cola, People's Health, and Hancock Whitney. Talking LSU fighting Tiger football as they travel to take on Alabama. 
Coming up, a primetime game. 645 is the kickoff at Bryant-Denny Stadium as uh, LSU and Alabama come off the uh, off week or the bye week. Uh, Coach, uh, you know, again, it's it's a lighter week. As you mentioned on Monday, you're, you're still doing work. Do you approach a bye week uh, with the time you do have before you let them off to, to cover some fundamentals? Do you go back and, and cover things maybe you don't have time to do when you have back-to-back games? Kind of what's the plan when you do have the players working? Yeah, so it, it was important for us to, to practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we had a 6 a.m. workout on Thursday um, just to get the guys up early, get them working out. It was a pretty uh, strenuous workout on Thursday morning, um, and then they had class on Friday, and then we had, they had the weekend off. Um, so, you know, it's a combination for us of working on some things that, that we needed to get better at. Um, we, had, we had a glimpse at, at Alabama, but, but you're not going to game plan, you know, a lot. You're going to do some things that you know – for their base, you know, defense and their base offense. So we got a little bit of Alabama work on Wednesday. Um, and as I said, we conditioned on Thursday, gave them some time off, some active, you know, recovery, brought them back on Sunday. And then Monday we added an additional practice day. Um, so we got additional Alabama, um, you know, teamwork. So th- there's, pl- there's plenty of preparation in a bye week for your next opponent. So you have to be very careful that you don't overwork them and your player load is more than a normal week because then you get to Saturday and you get tired legs. You know, you have a bye week, but you want to do all this work, and then you get to Saturday. I've had teams earlier in my career, you're like, oh, we got this bye week, let's get all this work in. And then what you've done is doubled the work, and then you get to Saturday and you're like, oh, we look terrible. Um, So I've always tried to – we use a budget, uh, which is – uh, our player load budget through GPS, and we maintain that budget so our guys stay fresh. So when we play Saturday, uh, we're playing fast, and it's worked pretty good. Real quick before we go to break, obviously we talked about Zy Alexander going down. When you go through that bye week, was it to, to, to finish or, or find the spots for your secondary? Was, was there a mini competition? Did you kind of already know who they, those guys would be? Uh, what steps did you take to, to get those guys ready so that when they got into game week uh, starting on Monday, uh, they'd be ready to go to prepare for Alabama? Yeah, good question. Well, we scrimmaged uh, a lot of those young guys uh, on Tuesday, so we had a live scrimmage on Tuesday, so that gave them some live action on Tuesday. Uh, and then we, you know, for the younger corners that are going to get a chance to play, uh, we had a couple of periods of one-on-one work against the wide receivers Um not all of the starters, you know, we didn't have, you know, neighbors in there. We didn't have Thomas in there. Um, but, you know, we had a lot of our, you know, top guys in there, you know, going against, you know, these younger players that are going to get an opportunity to play. So they got a lot of work on Tuesday and Wednesday. And, and I think that that gave them, you know, a bit of an edge relative to their development going into the Alabama game. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll start talking about a scouting report on Alabama, find out what Coach expects from the Tide when they travel to Tuscaloosa on Saturday. Stay with us right after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Neighbors will join Lacey wide to the right. Pump fake by Nussmeyer, and he will unload. Down the center of the field, has Neighbors wide open. Caught at the four, into the end zone. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. 51-yard strike, Garrett Nussmeyer. 
throwing a dart down the center of the field. And Neighbors, way behind the defense, caught it in stride. As we continue, time now for this week's scouting report on The Brian Kelly Show from the LSU Sports Radio Network. Coming up this Saturday, it'll be LSU and Alabama. Once again, showcase game, first weekend in November, 88th meeting all time. And, Coach, it's uh, hard to imagine anybody involved as a player, as a coach, as a broadcaster, any fan, uh, you'd have to work to get anybody fired up for Saturday night. Yeah, there, there was not much needed, you know, for me to say to our football team. Their, their focus, um, their, they were locked in. Uh, when they got back on Monday, um, it's just the way it is. I mean, you come to LSU, you sign up for this game. This is, you know, this is why you come to the SEC. You want to play in these games. And I think for us, more than anything else, it's just making sure that our guys um, were, were raising to the level of their preparation, not to their opponent. In other words, that we were going out is this isn't about, you know, preparing better because it's Alabama. Because guess what? Next week we have Florida. So you you go you can't go down to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama and then lay an egg against Florida, right? So you you have to be able to take these games on for us and it's about our preparation. Let's raise our preparation level against Alabama because it's going to serve us well next week when we continue to raise our preparation against a really good Florida team and then Texas A&M and Georgia State. So um, that's really the most important thing, and our guys got that, and they've had a really good week in terms of their preparation. You mentioned earlier Jalen Milrow and the challenges he will present. Of course, he was benched after the loss to Texas, and I remember everybody saying, oh, how will he come back from this? I think he's responded really, really well and has played well the, over the last several weeks. When you evaluate his skill set and what he can do and what he has done with the football, what are the challenges for your defense? Well, you know, he's got a live arm. And, and so when I say a live arm, you know, he can throw the ball 60, whatever you want to throw it. He, he could throw the ball down the field. You know, Hendon Hooker last year at Tennessee was a more, you know, accomplished passer of the football. But there's some similarities in terms of his ability to throw the deep ball. Um, he's not as accomplished in terms of intermediate throws. Um, but if you give him the opportunity to throw the ball, down the field because you're in, you know, quarters and, and um, you know, you hit a quarter beater or the middle of the field's open, he's going to complete those balls. So it's really up to us is make him throw the short intermediate throws and be patient, complete those, work your way down the field. If if they do that, you know, good for him. That's, that's what we're going to make him do. We can't give him – uh, the big plays down the field. You know, it's interesting because Alabama's 17th in the country with 13 plays of 40-plus yards per season. So they do have the chunk plays. LSU, by the way, first in plays over 30, second in the country with plays over 40 yards. Wanted to get that in there. Um, the rushing attack, that's what Alabama's been known for for a long, long time. Uh, there are two you have to deal with, in, uh, along with Milrow, yep. possibly, Jace McClellan and Roydale Williams. Uh, similar skill sets? Or are they different backs? Do they provide different challenges? No, I think they're very similar in terms of what they want to do. Again, this is a downhill physical football team led by their offensive line that is big and physical. They're, when I say duo, they're, they're, they're double teams at the point of attack. 
They're going to run counter. You know, they're they're going to run handoff sweep. They're going to get it to the perimeter. Um, they're going to mix it up a little bit. But you know, this is a team that wants to you know hit you in the mouth. <laughs> they want to be physical. Um, they're not. Listen, I've played Alabama. You know, we played them last year. We played them. I played them a couple of times uh, where I was at um, the other school, and they were athletic uh, on the offensive side of the ball. They're not quite the same type of offensive line. This is a bigger, more physical offensive line. So they want to they want to bloody your nose up front. All right, we'll take a quick break. We come back. We'll wrap it up. Talk a little defense for Alabama, and. Uh, Then send you on your way. Stay with us right after this on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Nussmeyer ready to take the snap, but first he'll motion a tight end. Hand it off to Holly, running up the near side hash. Holly is free. Don't think anybody can get him. 25-20-15-10-5. Touchdown, Fighting Tigers. Trey Holly with a 67-yard run. His teammates mob him in the end zone. Putting a wrap on this week's show. One last word from Coach on the Brian Kelly Show from the LSU Sports Radio Network. We're wrapping things up here on this Thursday night. LSU, the team will travel tomorrow. Get ready for the matchup Saturday night, 645 on CBS and right here on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Coach, you said it earlier, uh, you really feel like this will be uh, the biggest challenge, best defense the Tigers have faced so far this season. So many storylines going into this game. And, and one of the things watching Alabama's defense this year is that they have gotten better as the game wore on, certainly in their last matchup against Tennessee. When they get things going, what is it that makes them so difficult to, to move the football on? Well, look, I think it starts with, you know, their their offense. They they have they're leaning on you the whole game. And and as they do that, then they get into some gap pull schemes and and they as I said, they bloody you at the line of scrimmage. And so, if you remember some of these games, they were down by a couple of scores. Mm-hmm. And, you know, defensively, they just kind of hold their ground. But it's the offense that has gotten them back into these games. And so I think that that's what we have to look at. Let's get out. Let's get out. Start fast. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get some scores on the board. And, and with that separation with our offense, this is going to be important. Obviously, we're going to have to play to who we are offensively. And then, you know, defensively, continue the improvement. If we continue to do that um, – Let's uh, let's have a great night in Tuscaloosa. Let's go do it, Coach. Thanks for your time. We'll see you in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night. That'll do it. So long, everybody. The Brian Kelly Show, live from TJ Ribs on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Join us each week of the season for the very latest on LSU Fighting Tiger football. The Brian Kelly Show is an exclusive presentation of the LSU Sports Radio Network. A division of Playfly Sports.